Baptists have always been a people of the book, of the word of God, by and large. We're Bible believers. We approach the word of God presupposing it to be inspired, therefore inerrant. It's without error because God has breathed it. We presuppose that it is accurate, therefore it's authoritative. And I don't apologize and I'm not embarrassed to hold to a God-breathed scripture as my basis for belief and behavior, as my foundation for doctrine and for duty. I do hold to that. I believe that. You believe that by and large as well. And yet I have a desire this morning, and I would say I have a goal this morning, but I'm not able to make something happen in your life. I can't change you. You can't change me. So I can't really make it a goal for you or for for myself. But I certainly have a desire that we would all leave here today with such a heightened awareness of really the blessing of the Word of God that we will be compelled to read, to study, to meditate upon, to memorize, to seek to understand and obey Scripture with greater passion, with greater purpose than ever before. My desire is to convince you of this, not through guilt manipulation. Uh, well, you, you dirty, rotten people, why aren't you doing this? No, I don't, that's, not, that's not the motivation, the desire at all. Nor is it to be through a motivation of self-centered pragmatism. Well, look at how great this will be for you. Look at all the good things that will come to your life if you would just uh, come to a high view of Scripture. No, I don't want that either. I want you to come to a fresh new love for the Word of God based upon um, the wonder of it. That is, Scripture is wonderful and it produces in the lives of those who humbly trust and obey fruit that can't be produced in any other way. And so I trust that uh, today we will all leave here with a greater understanding of the blessing of his word, with a greater conviction and, as I said, a passion and a purpose to have the word of God in our lives, that we would be like uh, Isaiah in uh, the, the Lord told him, so shall my word be that goeth uh, forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For those who will yield to him today, who will receive what the word of God has to say, your life can be changed. My life has been changed this week just in studying and restudying this very familiar text in 2 Timothy 3. If you'd make your way to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 7, uh, 15 through 17, is place your bulletin and take notes if you're inclined. 2 Timothy 3, verses 15 through 17. And how so many of you here who grew up here at this church can identify with verse 15. How many grew up most of your lives, most of your life uh, at this church uh, that maybe you were an infant or you were uh, little when you came to Redbridge and um, a lot of you, lots of hands, dozens and dozens are like that. You can identify with uh, some of this text, I'm sure. Second Timothy three, verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The first thing I'd like us to consider 
in verses, uh, really in verse 15, is the actual words of Scripture are blessed in that, and the in that is going to include three particular um, things that I'm going to share, but the actual words of Scripture are blessed. The accuracy and the authority of the Word of God is critically important. Folks, in our age of humanism, in our age of, of man thinking that he's the center of the universe, we need an anchor. We need somewhere where we can really uh, anchor our souls and that we can really lock on. The world says there aren't any absolutes. <laughs> Absolutely no absolutes, which of course is contradictory. The situation determines what is right and wrong, and that's what we're going to, how we're going to direct our lives. But we are not like that. As Bible believers, we understand that the actual words of Scripture have an impact in our lives. As a matter of fact, the great uh, theologian and philosopher Francis Schaeffer once said or once wrote, only a strong view of scripture can withstand the powerful pressure of relativistic thinking. You, we just graduated our largest class of seniors from high school this last spring, at least the largest class in any time in the last 20 years that I can remember. We graduated probably 16 or 17 seniors from high school. And you uh, young adults, you 18, you 19 year olds, you're going to be entering into a, a work world or a college or university setting, and you're going to be bombarded with, I've already heard reports of, of, of a couple of our students being at uh, Longview College and the, and the vile rank uh, language and, and philosophy of life that even the, the professors are spewing out, even in the first day or two of class is just alarming, yet we can withstand the pressure of relativistic thinking, just whatever seems right to you. There aren't any absolutes. You determine what is right and wrong. We can withstand that with the word of God in our hearts. Now, how do the actual words of scripture, how is it that they are a blessing? Well, first of all, they have the power to change lives. Verse 15 tells us that it has the power to change a life that Timothy, his life Uh, began at a particular point that ended up producing an incredible Christian leader at a very young age. You'll remember that uh, uh, Paul told told, uh, Timothy, don't let someone despise your youth. He was pastoring the uh, church at Ephesus and he was very young. Maybe he was 25 or so, but very young to be considered an elder in that day. And um, he, uh, he had grown up uh, and spiritually had grown up at a very young age because mom and grandmother, Eunice and Lois, had been instructing him in the word of God. <clears throat> I've long said that I can't change a life. I can't change your life. As a pastor, I can't change a heart. As a parent, I can't change a heart. I can, I can require my children to uh, obey, but I can't make my child, I don't even presume, I don't even pretend to make my children uh, think what I think or pretend like I can make them think in a certain way. Even in my own life, I can't change myself. That is, I can't will myself into the, the kingdom. I can't all of a sudden decide one day that I'm going to uh, uh, turn to uh, God all on my own. As a matter of fact, 1 Peter one twenty three says that we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The word of God has power to change a life. And it did for Timothy and it did for me and it likely did for you as well. How does it happen? The incorruptible seed 
of the word of God is sown in the hearts of those who have receptive soil. It's like this. You're walking through life and you're lost. And, and Timothy was like this. And, and uh, all of a sudden, the spirit of God uh, blows across your heart. And it's like, it's like being out in the bay. And the, the battleship is lobbing artillery shells into uh, the beachhead to soften up the beach. Well, it's that kind of a spirit of God is, is uh, convicting and pricking your heart and softening up the soil. So that when the powerful word of God, the incorruptible seed is sown, it's broadcast, it falls on that heart that has been plowed up. It's been, it's been uncovered. It's been turned over. Over, and that soil is ready to receive the good seed. And in fact, God brings about a harvest. Really, it's a supernatural dynamic. It is a spiritual phenomenon that takes place. And the word of God is the instrument. It's the seed. It's the tool that is used to bring about a change of life. Psalm 19 verses 7 through 9 speak about this, the importance of the word of God and how powerful the word of God is. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect. That means it's truthful, converting the soul, meaning it will transform a life. And that's what happened with me. I was going one way in life and all of a sudden the word of God was shared with me and it and I recognized it in my heart as this is truthful. This is right. This is who I am. This must be who God is. I had better pay attention. And my life was transformed. It says the testimony of the Lord is sure. That means it's trustworthy. I really can depend upon it. Um, Making wise the simple. That idea for simple. Um, the Hebrew word there is talking about an open-ended um, uh, type of a, of a vessel uh, or an open-ended container. And it's the idea of those who are... Um, um, those who are simple are those who are, uh, have uh, let one thing come in one ear and out the other. But in this case, the word of God makes wise or gives prudence or gives understanding to those who would otherwise be empty headed. It's that kind of an idea. The statutes of the Lord are right. That is, they give proper direction to the point of rejoicing the heart or bringing satisfaction in life. And I tell you, young people, believe me on this. Listen to me that even though it was forever ago, 28, 29 years ago when I came to know Christ and I was living in the world and living for the devil and and I was a punk and and just an infidel and a heathen. I thought at that time that I was somehow uh, doing what was going to satisfy me, but nothing has satisfied like a life in Christ and being directed by the word of God. That is what rejoices heart. That is, I mean, if it didn't, why wouldn't I go back to that old way? Doesn't that make sense? If I wasn't enjoying life now, if it didn't rejoice the heart, it makes sense that I would go back to that which I thought did at one time. But I have found that that is bondage and this is freedom, that that is an empty uh, uh, and, a, and a dead end road. And this is life in following him. It rejoices the heart, the word of God does. The, the, um, the commandment, I believe I'm, I'm next to, um, the commandment of the Lord is pure. That is, it's without error, enlightening the eyes, giving victory. The fear of the Lord is clean. That is, it uncovers sin, yet it remains above sin. Hence, it endures forever. It's forever contemporary. It's forever effective in the lives of those who will turn to it. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. What a blessing we have. What a blessing is the word of God. The actual words are blessed in that they have the power to change lives. Secondly, the actual words are blessed in that they have internal harmony. Notice in verse 16, 
the first part of verse 16, verse 16a. It says all scripture. It begins with all scripture. Now, this particular Greek construction is very specific and it's very important that you understand it. Normally, when the concept of all is used, it speaks of the whole of something. Um, like, for instance, uh, if, um, if mom uh, tells uh, the, uh, the, the 16-year-old uh, who just got his or her driver's license to go to the store and get a loaf of bread, mom is expecting uh, that 16-year-old uh, to come back with what? To come back with a sealed loaf of bread, the whole thing. Uh, she's not wanting him or her to come back in and give her back individual pieces of it. You see what I'm saying? She wants the entire loaf of bread intact and unsoiled and untainted and brought back in a timely manner. You know what I'm saying? That's the idea. Normally when you look in scripture and you have the idea of all, you're talking about the whole. For God so loved uh, all all the world. It's that kind of the whole uh, of the world. It's that kind of of a premise. Uh, also here, in most cases, uh, the, the word all would have an article in front of it. Like, for instance, Acts 19.26. Don't turn to it. But it says, throughout all Asia. Now, what do we understand about that phrase, throughout all Asia? We're talking about a geographical region, and it's talking about the whole of that geographical region. <clears throat> in our verse right here, in verse 16a, there isn't an article before Scripture. It doesn't say the um, um, all, all of the Scripture, meaning the whole. It's talking about each and every part is to be included. In other words, folks, uh, where I'm, where I've gone, I know this has been somewhat verbose. The grammar demands an interpretation of every word being God breathed. Did you follow that analogy? Did you see what I'm saying? If it had an article in front of it then it would be talking about the whole. It would be just talking about the, uh, the book itself, all scripture. It would be just talking about the 66 books. That's what you could understand it. But it doesn't have that article in front of it. Therefore, it is saying when it says all scripture, it is saying each and every individual word came from the breath of God. You see the significance of that? I mean, that is, that, and that means what authority, what, uh, what uh, trustworthiness, When God himself has superintended the communication of every phrase, every syllable in his inspired word. It's powerful. It has internal harmony to the degree that 2 Peter 1.20 says that no prophecy, no part of the scripture is of any private interpretation. It's not to be interpreted at the expense of everything else. It's to be interpreted in light of the whole. You know, scripture, uh, the, uh, God has so designed that he is not um, at all uh, uh, fearful or uh, tentative about us actually comparing scripture with scripture. Uh, He knows that it is absolutely authoritative, absolutely accurate. Therefore, he says that we are to compare our theology. And before we set doctrine, we're to compare scripture with scripture. Don't take it out privately. Don't take a text out of its context, but instead understand the text in light of the context, in light of the whole body of truth. That's how consistent God knows his word is. It has internal harmony. You can trust the word of God. What a blessing that is for all of us to know him. Thirdly, the actual words of scripture are blessed in that 
They come from the mind of God. Verse 16b, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's given by inspiration of God. That is, he breathed it. You remember the lengthiest chapter in the word of God is Psalm 119. And of the 176 verses in Psalm 119, 172 of them, or 98%, actually give a direct reference to Holy Scripture, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. And why is that? Because God wants us to know that the actual words of Scripture are God-breathed and that they come from Him. Scripture came into existence in a very similar way that the universe came into existence. Namely, God spoke it into existence. Over the course of 1,500 years, uh, a supernatural book, uh, a compilation of, of 66 individual books, fell out of heaven um, through the human pens of uh, some 40 different authors and all consistent with one another. It is supernaturally, uh, supernaturally given. How did it take place? Well, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 12 through 13 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world. It wasn't something that man gave uh, the writers or that the writers even came up with themselves. But we've, been, uh, we've received but the spirit uh, who is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Spirit teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. This indicates that the actual words of Scripture came from the mind of God. In other words, the verbal plenary inspiration, he gave it verbally. He inspired, he breathed it verbally and in in a plenary or in a complete sense, the word of God came about. How did it happen? Natural man can't know anything about God. So God chose to reveal it to some of his people, uh, namely the the writers of scripture. That which was revealed um, was revealed by the spirit of God overshadowing the writer. Now, now what what do we mean? We don't really understand what that's saying, but what it doesn't mean is it wasn't done by dictation because if it were done by dictation, what would be absent from scripture? human personality. There wouldn't be human personality involved. And so it wasn't done dictation. And we see lots of human personality. If you read all of the writings of Paul, and then immediately you read all of the writings of the apostle John, it is night and day difference in style and technique and how it is communicated. Yet it's all holy scripture. And so it wasn't done through dictation, but nor was it take, did it take place capriciously by the writer that is on his, uh, according to his own decision, or else it would be full of errors. The word of God came to be in that God superintended. He walked alongside, as it were, of the one who was actually writing the text. So it's both a divine and a human book, just like Jesus is both God and man, what a blessing to have the written word coming from the mind of God. Secondly, and I put um, the wrong verse down. It shouldn't be verse 17. It should be the end of verse 16. So verse 16c is really uh, what it should be. The follower of scripture, that is those who read and obey, is blessed for four particular reasons. And it says... The word of God given by inspiration of God is profitable. You are blessed. You are benefited. It brings a blessing to your life 
in four ways. Now, folks, I really want you to lock into this today. And you know this, but I want you to really lay hold of each one of these ways. Is the word of God actively a blessing in my life? Is it being profitable? Is it being fruitful? Is it bearing fruit in my life in these four primary ways? First of all, the follower of scripture is blessed because the word of God is authoritative. That is the doctrine tells me what's W-H-A-T apostrophe S uh, R-I-G-H-T. I'm sure that was correct. Uh, It is. I've got my hard copy right here. So again, we got a little glitch there on the... uh, on the screen. It's what's right. It tells us what is right. The word of God is foundational. It gives us um, a glimpse of eternity past to eternity future. As you've heard me say before, it tells us uh, things as vast as how the heavens go and as personal as how to go to heaven. It is authoritative. It speaks volumes about morality, about ethics. It speaks about the pathway of faith and the plan for the family. It tells us about how to relate to God, how to relate to the world, how to relate to one another. The word of God gives us the basic building blocks for all of life. It's, it's what is right. It's the doctrine. It's the foundational truths and principles for living. I ask you, do you have a better plan? Does your blueprint for life have greater accuracy and greater authority than the very words of the living God? Certainly not. In the very least, those who are indifferent to Scripture, they must see themselves as and Scripture as irrelevant and inconsequential and see themselves as the authority. What arrogance, what ignorance that is. What, um, uh, you know, just a sense of, of haughtiness to hold to such a view. I need an authoritative word to show me what's right. And that is a blessing. I want to know what's right. And I can't see the end from the beginning. I don't know what's around the next corner. But the word of God has precepts and principles that whatever I face in life, young people, whatever you face in life, there is an answer here. It doesn't matter what it is. It's either found directly in the black and white of the text or in a principle form that can be applied to your situation in life. If we'll but give ourselves to it, it'll be a blessing to us because it is authoritative. It's what is right. Secondly, it's a blessing because it's provocative. What's not right? Chris, I don't know what's going on with our, with our um, PowerPoint. I think we have a, uh, you guys call it in the computer field, you call it a virus. I call it a demon. I'm sure, I'm sure it's, there's a demon in there somewhere, but it's what's not right. What's not right is how that should be, uh, Filled in, And that's the word there. It's profitable for reproof. God's word has the capacity uh, just inherent within the word of God. It has the capacity to confront us, to bring conviction and to bring conversion. We're confronted, we're convicted, we're converted. If a person will give himself and will recognize I am either in misbelief or misbehavior and, and I need to have uh, some difference, something come into my life, uh, or I'm willing to receive that correction, that reproof that the Word of God brings. And so the Bible is a perfect guidebook for the perfect parent, namely God our Father. He brings reproof to His children through the Word when they're in error. And so we're going down a path, and we know what is right, 
But we decide we're going to go off in a different direction and uh, we're going to pursue that particular uh, angle. Kind of like King David. He knew what was right. He was a man after God's own heart. He wrote many of the Psalms, most of the Psalms. He certainly had an understanding about what was proper and what was foundational. Yet he decided he's going to go off on another path and he ended up with Bathsheba. Well, Nathan, the prophet, God dispatched him to come and bring a reproof and to challenge him, to confront him and that uh, the word of God would bring conviction into his soul. And so that is a blessing. Young people, it is a blessing that when you're on the wrong path, someone will tell you you're on the wrong path. If you're heading down a highway and it's a one way highway and you've got a whole bunch of traffic, you know, a, a half a mile down the road coming at you at 80 miles an hour, you want someone flagging you down, waving, saying, go back, go back, turn around. You want that. That's a blessing for you to be confronted that way, for someone to provoke your attention. And to wake you up to what you're doing wrong. That is a blessing. And only someone who's hard-hearted, stiff-necked would say, stay out of my face. I'm not interested. No, I need God to provoke me through his word and to show me what's not right in my life. Thirdly, the follower of scripture is blessed because the word of God is corrective. And it talks about how to get right. How to get right. It brings correction, it says. It is profitable not only for doctrine, for reproof, but for correction. And the Greek word used here, if you look in in, uh, your Bible, I believe you probably had the word correction there. It's very unique. It's used only here in the Greek New Testament. And even in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, it's never found there. And so in the whole of Scripture, this is the only place this particular word is used, that word that's translated correction. Do you have another word, maybe in another translation, translated what? Doctrine, reproof, or what? Correction, right? You have correction? Raise your hand. Wave it vigorously so I can see. Okay, good. <laughs> You've got the same one that I do. It's, it's, it's only found right here. It's, it is that kind of precise, specific word that God picked out of all of the, um, the arsenal of language and dropped right in there. And it's really a three-part word. It's a compound word with three parts. And it literally means to straighten up Upon and the upon is used for emphasis in the in the uh, in the particular Greek word, and so really it means to thoroughly straighten up. In other words, you see that the complete and proper application of God's word doesn't just adjust my crookedness a little bit. Uh, if uh, if I know the right way to go, but I go off in another way, it doesn't just kind of. Um, you know, make me aware of a little bit. It just brings me right back and makes me very straight. It, it causes me to really be thoroughly straightened up. You who have children, you know the importance of not only disciplining action, but it is important, young people, it is important to discipline, to correct attitude as well. Because if the child knows, if, if he or she knows what to do, and decides to go off, not only must there be reproof, what are you doing and why are you doing that? There needs to be correction. And unless that correction uh, is accompanied by a positive and a healthy attitude,
attitude, then there's not a full straightening up. Are you following the analogy? In other words, if that child is caught with his hand in the cookie jar and you reprove that child and you say that I want you to straighten up and that child just kind of goes, yeah, fine, whatever. That's not straighten up. You've not, that child has not been corrected. There needs to be a straightening up. In other words, the whole of my being needs to be adjusted to the will of God. Yes, Lord, I know that I I have sinned. What was I thinking? I'm purposing, I'm committing, and that's not going to visit my life anymore, and I'm going to walk straight with you. In other words, I've fully received the reproof. I've been fully corrected in action and in attitude. Parents, it is important. It is a biblical principle that attitude is addressed as well as action in the lives of of any of our lives, for that matter, in my life also. It's a blessing because God wants the very best for me. And he knows that if I'm heading down a path of waywardness, that it's going to be difficult in my life. Fourthly, God's word is a blessing to those who follow it because it is instructive. It's how to stay right. It gives me instruction Um, The word of God uh, is always good and it's always wise. And there isn't any better plan than what scripture has said. And so the reading, the studying, the memorization of scripture will lead me down the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so as I am instructed in the things of God, I'm going to continue growing. I'm not going to be diverted one way or the other. I'm not going to fall off that straight and narrow path. I'm going to stay true to him. But it's because of the power. It's because of the, as the, of the authority, the accuracy, the innate ability of scripture to transform a life. <clears throat> it is a blessing. Do you agree? Will you agree that there is profound blessing available to you in the word of God. Amen. Profound blessing available. And if so, are you giving yourself to knowing the word of God so that you might better know the God of the word and serve him? And if not, will you commit to do that? That's why I'm so thankful for our Awana ministry that uh, there, there's so much emphasis on Bible memorization. Yes, I understand that the younger ones, sometimes they just simply memorize for the sake of getting points or getting uh, something, uh, some kind of a tangible. Uh, but that, that is an immature. We don't base what we do by virtue of how sometimes folks handle things in an immature way. Certainly, we don't want children to be uh, motivated simply for that. We would like to have intrinsic motivation. But that's the process of growing up. Amen. Uh, now, if 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 our leaders, if uh, if our uh, 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 truth and training girls and guys leader, our sparky leader or something like that, or if brother Don Poindexter over there. Now, if he is chomping at the bit to get to the goodies, if he memorizes his, then we've got a problem. maybe. <laughs> Amen. But we understand that with the little ones growing up. But just the hiding of the word of God in their hearts makes all the difference in the world. And it is a blessing to those who receive it. And so are you hiding it in your heart? Are you day in and day out? Are you on a regular, do you have a regular diet of receiving the word of God into your life? Are you going to eat today? Have you already eaten today? Are you going to breathe today? Are you going to function in any way, shape or form today, tomorrow, this week? Yes, of course, to all of the above. 
The word of God needs to be part of the menu. It needs to be part of what we take in and we do so and we choose to and we proactively do so um, because it will end up being a blessing in the lives of those who will receive it. Lord, I'm thankful for your word. This text that I've considered a number of times over.